Welcome to Circus Voices, brought to you by CircusTalk.com, the leading online casting marketplace for circus and performing arts, and an essential resource for circus and multidisciplinary artists and talent seekers. I am your host, Jonathan Lee Iverson from In Center Ring. Our podcast features engaging conversations with acclaimed international experts, including professional artists and talent seekers seekers, creative leaders, influential coaches and teachers, and industry innovators. These interviews offer you insight into the diverse and dynamic world of circus and performing arts. In this week's episode, we welcome the legendary Vanessa Thomas, the dazzling showgirl turned history-making ringmaster. In this episode, the proud alumna of the storied Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority guides us through her spectacular journey from aspiring dancer in her native Philadelphia to centering with the likes of Big Apple Circus and Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, the greatest show on earth, to now sharing her time-tested wisdom as a cherished board member and mentor for Circadium School of Contemporary Circus. Circus, nurturing the circus professionals of tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with the legendary Vanessa Thomas. If you don't know her yet, you will know her and you should know her. From showgirl to ringmaster, the one and only Vanessa Thomas. Okay, so you know good and well, I'm a fan. Um, I adore you. And uh, when I... Uh, discovered you through other associations and our wonderful sawdust family. Yeah. It's like, wow. I mean, for me, it was like, oh my goodness, there are more. There's <laughs> more. And as you know, we everywhere. And yeah, um, I, one of my favorite pictures that I absolutely adore is the I think it was the Time magazine came and I just happened to be there. Right. And and I so there's this picture of you and your son and you put it on his hat. And I'm like in the background, like this, this angel kind of hovering over fixing costumes. And I love it. I and love they it. Didn't know the I difference. Always... They didn't know any, they didn't know. They had mm-hmm. no idea. I, and I wanted out. It was so perfect that you were there. I was like, no, you have to be in this shot because those be who know it. will know. And I said, you know what? It represents to me, my, my life in the circus that, there was always someone when you least expected it or who you thought would not be in your corner was always off, was always off your shoulder here, giving you some encouragement, telling you to go for it. You can do it. Yeah, you can go for it because we we really didn't have a whole lot of living legends in front of us, except right. for maybe Junior that I could identify, you know. The great you know? Junior Ruffin. This is why it's so important, especially on the series Circus Voices, mm-hmm. um, to illuminate such stories for just the annals of circus lore, for just history, period. Um, we're seeing another evolution, obviously, mm-hmm. in circus. And um, one of the things we definitely want to be sure of, I think, is that we don't lose sight of our roots you know and i think there is something kind of 
there's an interesting thing going on within the circus industry where uh, some newer um, participants in this great art might not have a reverence mm-hmm. for the traditionalists, so to speak, or or those who've come before them. Uh, I was hanging out with some uh, some of my contemporaries uh, the other day. Now I'm in that age range, right? And we were <laughs> we were having a conversation, and they said, "Yeah, you know, some of these kids are calling us trads, you know, because everybody speaks in abbreviations and they don't say full words." Right? Said, trads. What's that? Is we're traditionalists now? I said, "Are you serious?" So we have we're this trad. interest. Yeah, we have this fascinating, you know, uh, schism. Which is, I'm like, mm, I'm not, I'm not for that. I don't think you can really evolve or even understand your craft, uh, or even begin to understand this, especially circus, because circus is more than a performing art; it's a society. Yeah, absolutely, you need to understand all of it, you know, and or as much as you can, but you definitely should not be dismissive of yesteryear. And in the same breath, we can't. Uh, resist those who are pushing our another path, yeah, right, our craft forward. I, so. I want to tell you, I am. Um, you might know this, but um, I'm on the board of Circadium here in Philadelphia, and um, Circadium is a uh, like a certificate program of three years where um, there's an audition process. Um, can t- can to like a local de um, Montreal, like the circus school there, and um, and the the person who started it, Shana Kennedy, she toured for a few years um, with her husband Greg Kennedy, who's a juggler, and they were on a Cirque du Soleil show. So she got to see a lot of the circus schools, the um, education process the um, coaching more intense than we had anything like that in the States. So when she, when they came back to the States, um, she already had a circus school in Philly. And then she, you know, started really wanting to do this, this accreditation program to get it linked to the, the educational system, the Pennsylvania educational system. So that if when the kid, when the kids, when the circus, children. <laughs> I don't know what to call them because they're like my grandkids. But when they come in, um, they actually have three years of training, of you know, learning different other skills, really focusing on what their major skill set would might be, and then the help that they need with mm-hmm. learning to look at a contract, read a contract, um, have have dance classes, um, have someone coaching them that has worked in that um, that discipline, maybe creating an, an act for themselves with a musician to come in and look and help with, you know, actually scripting a whole, a whole process. And um, so that's very near and dear to my heart, but sometimes I go, they have, um, um, every, every couple of months, they have something called a test flight and that's where the, the students can come in. But not just our students, anybody can come in and kind of try it out. It's almost like an open mic night. Okay. And so sometimes I go, wow, that was great. And then the next 
person will come and went, I don't stand that at all. You know, (laughs) what what were they doing? And you're going to try and take that to a, a, like a, 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 a trad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's going to work. So um, at least once in the cycle, I go in and I just talk, you know, about being, uh, being traveling with a circus and what that entails um, and what it's like to be in, in the, in the, in the circus business, the things that you may or may not understand, i.e., like you said, um, Jonathan, you know, it was our own little, our own little community, Mm. not even so little after a while it was large, but, you know, we had, meet the meet the uh person of your life there and get married and you have children and then there's christenings and there's weddings and and unfortunately sometimes there's um the passing of some of our our artistry and you have to deal with all of those things in a small little microcosm that everybody's dealing with all their lives but somehow folks don't think that happens at the circus i guess it's so magical so you're like they're like, we had a baby shower. And that go like to me, you had a baby shower? Well, yeah, you know, folks in the circus have babies. And, you know, I tried to explain lots to them. <laughs> yes, lots of kids. <laughs> I tried to explain to them that when, you know, I was on, on Circus Vargas, we had um, the Little Sisters of Jesus that traveled with us. Mm. And they had a truck and a trailer. And, you know, Father Jerry, yeah, you know, he was, he was, he was a Roman Catholic priest, but he was our priest and they were, and I, we had church service and, you know. The late great I, Father when Jerry. I on, when I was on Universal, I would go into, when we arrived, I would go find the, the pastor, the preacher, didn't have no, whatever denomination to see if they would come on Sunday morning before the first show and do a church service with the circus performers and the reason that happened was my mom started um my mom started traveling with me because i had had jonathan oh (laughs) and i needed a nanny and so she said i always wanted to know what you did at the circus so i um would would go with you but you know after i think the first like month or so like physically being with us all the time and seeing like you know, the backstage and that it was, it really was, you know, a dangerous craft. She (laughs) said, as my mom, y'all need Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I want to back up to um, that wonderful organization that you, you're on the board of. Now, Mm -hmm. Now the name of it again is Circadium. Circadium. Now this is, and it's based in, is it based in Pennsylvania? It's based in Philadelphia. Wow. Okay. This is wonderful and exciting to know because I never mm-hmm. heard of it. This is wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really preparing the the next generation of circus artists and you sit on the board. I mean, how lucky are they, you know, I mean, to have somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky too. But oh, of course. You know, I, I just, one of the things that, you know, was kind of a downfall, but but an uptick for all of us to, to be able to use that, that word that everybody uses now to pivot because um, our first class was due to graduate in the spring of 2020. 
So we had had students that had been there three years prior. That was their third year. We had a show at, that was set up to, to uh, be at the Kimmel Center. We had invited all different types of producing organizations and or producers that may look at the students in the show and would think to, about hiring them. And mm-hmm. um, so we had folks from the cruise ship industry. We had folks from different circuses. We um, also had people from industrial shows, you know, just a, kind of a random entertainment conglomerate or whatever. So we had those invitations that was already in the plan and then COVID hit and it mm-hmm. just wiped everything out. And we really wanted, our mindset was to have the, the presentation at a venue that people would recognize. So the, at the Kimmel Center, that's our version of Lincoln Center and or the Kennedy Center. So that made it legit immediately. Right. This is a non-for-profit, yes? And it's a nonprofit, yes. And okay. so one of the things, you know, that that really has has had to be turned around is that we had a vision for that. We had a vision for them and that they were going to graduate. Now they were going to graduate, but without the the hoopla, the without mm. without the without for us the ability to really present them and celebrate it. Right. And celebrate it, right. and in and you know receive their certificate and all of that. But in so we did all of that, but it was you know it was a bit of a letdown for all of us. But it was also a great lesson, right? When you say, I mean, because that is yes. circus life, and that I is, mean they it. got they got a taste of it in real time because we know no circus day is the same. Now, how do how how would a student um? You know, I'm I'm a kid. I'm flipping around in in my neighborhood, and I, you know, I may have caught a circus. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if that's for me, but I hear of this place, Circadium. How how does one get affiliated with you? How do they apply? What do they do? There is um, uh, a process. Well, they first of all go on um, Circadium.com, and I'll spell it C I R. C-A-D-I-U-N. Once they're on there, they can navigate. You'll, you'll see where it says, where if you're interested, you can contact, and it would be Shana Kennedy, that, that process up front with our auditioning staff that would let you know when the next audition cycle is. Of course, we used to have auditions in person but we don't have that anymore. So they are submitting their vitae of what they are doing or wanting to do. And it can be, you know, regular quality doesn't have to be professional. They don't have to be in costume. They don't, you know, but, 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 but traditionally they're usually students who have been training probably high school, junior mm-hmm. high school. Um, so it becomes that um, <laughs> it becomes that point where they're like, okay, I want to study circus more, and their family supports them in that. That's um, and I and I'll say that because um, you know, just walking, you know, I know I did. I don't know about you, but when I walked up and told my family that I was <laughs> you told me the story, <laughs> Philadelphia to go to the circus, my mom was like. Oh, 
okay, maybe you should do that. And, and then, you know, I know you need a break in <laughs> college and all of that. And my father was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I know you know the story that I auditioned, the audition I took initially because I'd missed the showgirl audition. And right. It was, it was for, they was, wanted to was make you a clown. Was the, with, was the clown college audition. Right. If I had come home and told my father that I was going to clown college, <laughs> that he would have laughed. He would have like, arrested you. He was a cop. Yes, wasn't he it? would have. He would have <laughs> arrested me. Cuffs and everything, a squad car. <laughs> you get her out here and lock her up for 30 days. <laughs> lock her up till she gets her mind right. You know, she needs my, my mother say, they she needs some spiritual intervention. <laughs> yeah, she needs Jesus. It's not like you weren't doing something with your life. You are on a path to really making it in the dance world. Philandanko yeah. is major stuff in Philadelphia. It's major company. It's yes. major company. It's it's you know it's analogous to the Harlem Dance Theater mm-hmm. in New York or mm-hmm. Al- Alvin Ailey. So yes. these are major major companies led by major legendary artists who pour out their gifts to their charges, and you were ensconced in that. And yeah, I was. Yeah, you know, and you went to Temple University too, so you I were serious. If I'm around my friends and I'm talking, you know, just with them, then they know. But sometimes there's another friend of theirs that doesn't know. And they always lead into like, and this is my friend, Vanessa, you know, I've never talked to you about her, but she, she's the first person and, you know, she's, she's, it was in the circus and they go like this. No, she wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Finally got some of my pictures in a folder on my phone that I go, okay, here goes the slideshow again, because they're like, what, huh? Ooh, what? Yeah. What? Why are you under an elephant? <laughs> I said, because that was my day job. What ended up happening when I stopped traveling and performing and coming home and being a mom and still involved with the circus. Cause that's when, that's when I went to universal. And I spent two years there after I had Jonathan. So they were, they were Jonathan's, you know, village. Big Apple had been Jonathan's village Hmm. because the, one of the best stories is coming back to Philly and sending him to kindergarten. And I get a call the next day that Ms. Thomas, you need to come up to the school because we need to talk to you. Go to the school. I don't have any idea. I thought, who did he do? They step on somebody's foot. He pinched somebody. I don't know this child. You know, he's used to being in a circus and everybody loves him. So I go to the school and she says, you know, we go around the room. It's new, new, you know, period for schooling. And we ask all the kids to say who they are and where they're from. Jonathan goes, my name's Jonathan Thomas. I was born in the circus. My mother rides elephants. And, um, the first people that came to visit me when I was born were clowns. And she says to me, he's a nice young man, but he has a vivid imagination. And we, we, we encourage that. But, you know, I could, her undertone was like, we don't condone it. We're not going to get away with that. So I was like, okay. He was born in the circus. 
I do did ride elephants and I probably could ride an elephant or two right now. And, you know, and the first people that did come to visit him were a bunch of clowns because I was in the circus. And the teacher was like, oh, my gosh, you know, the mom, the mom is crazier than the child. And she says to me, oh, well, do you still have like like circus stuff? I said, yes. She goes, oh, good. You'll be the first show and tell we do. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I had a marvelous life. I tell everybody. I started dancing at age four and I had no idea what was coming behind. But my first recital was on the stage at the Academy of Music. Wow. So at like five years old, I had my presence there and I went, hmm, I really like this. So I kept dancing. And then that's when I, you know, graduated from high school, went to Temple, had all my auditions planned for going to New York City. And I think, you know, that story. My dad was like, you're not going to New York. And I, and at that point, I never, I never recognized that I was 16 years old mm. wanting to go to New York City by myself to college. The, the 16 year old part didn't, right. didn't really figure in. Like, I, I have just a goal. I wanted to dance. And that's where all the dancing was happening. And I had been to New York and taken classes and all that. No, 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 no. I was going there. My father said, and no, you're not. You can go to Temple. You can go to Temple. Or your third choice is you go to Temple. How about you go to Temple? (laughs) So there, that's when I had my first modern dance classes. Mm -hmm. I'd never had anything like that. I fell in love with like... Dunham technique and Horton technique and and Graham technique. You oh, know, that's some wonderful and then, stuff. And then I auditioned for Philadelphia while I was at Temple, and I got in, which was absolutely amazing. And um, I, you know, eat, sleep, drink, get mm. up, eat, sleep, drink, dance again, get up, eat, sleep, drink, dance. You know, that was it. I was consumed. Wow. And then one of my one of my mentors, Joan Myers Brown, who's the founder and the artistic director of Philodanko, she is Philodanko, always has said about her life that you know she didn't she didn't find dance, dance found her. And I and I am truly blessed to have that happen so far twice in my life with dance and then with the circus because the circus found me. I wasn't going out. Say it again. Say it again. The circus found me. That just kills that myth. I I tell people all the time. Nobody runs away and joins the circus. It really It's like that Matrix movie. (laughs) It comes (laughs) in and finds you. You're like, what? (laughs) I know. I was like, huh? Huh? And then, you know, and my process of that was like, I'm joining the Ringling Show. I'm going to travel because I know that they're going to the West Coast. I would like to see the Pacific Ocean. Somehow I thought it was going to look different than the Atlantic Ocean. And it does. Right. But I went, you know, that was and touring and all of that. And that's what I wanted to do. And fully expecting to, as my mom said, 
you'll do that. You'll get that out of your system. Then you'll come back and then you'll go back to grad school and you'll do your whatever you're working on, dance therapy or whatever you think you're going to do. I love it. So, I mean, because your resume reads wonderfully. So you you start off with the greatest show on earth, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. There's Circus Fargus. There's uh, Tyler. Uh, Toby Tyler. Toby <laughs> Tyler's Circus. There's Big Apple's Circus. And in all of that, I want people to be clear. Now, you're you're not just, you know, this dancer who just whittled over and became a oh, little showgirl. You know, one of the things about the great show women of. Of the circus is that they are highly agile and not just dancing and not just cutting a rug there wonderfully, but you have to be full out athletes. You're you're yeah. riding these animals, the elephants mainly. You're yeah. doing the Spanish web. So you're taking all of these dynamic skills you've mm-hmm. gleaned from dancing your whole life. You know, tell us about that. Like, how do you transition into really being a full out circus showgirl where, you know, okay, you start off with one thing, but we all know in circus, you end up wearing many hats. When I got to Ringling and They said, you're going to have to learn the Spanish web. And I said, what's that? And I said, well, you're going to dance first, but then you're going to climb 30 feet. What? Okay. So then you're going to climb 30 feet. And then once you get up there, you're going to put your your arms and your legs and you're going to learn this routine and stuff like that. And I said, okay. And they said, "Um, but you're going to do it in pieces. You're going to learn the routine, you know, close to the floor by a mat. And then you're going to just take time to like, let me climb up, climb down, climb up, up and down. Okay. And they said, and your, um, your teacher's going to be Antoinette Kinsella. I said, okay. I didn't know who Miss Kinsella was. I had no idea her background, her circus history. I'm in the neophyte, you know, showgirl just appearing there. But. My middle name is Antoinette. Ah. My mother's name is Vanessa. And, and no, one, no one in my family calls me Vanessa. No one. Neighbors, godparents, all of that. They all call me either Antoinette or Tony, which is the nickname. So my whole family calls me Tony. And then I meet this woman whose name is Antoinette. And I go, hmm. I don't know, but I'm going to trust Aunt, Miss, Miss, Miss <laughs> Cello, Antoinette because there's this kindred thing that's happening that she doesn't even know about. She don't know. I'm just new. I'm just one of the newbies. She got to teach this that I fill her in, and you know. And I actually got hired because someone had left, so I was being inserted, and it wasn't a group of us. It was just me. So she wait, was. Wait, wait. So you came in. So you didn't come in like you know to a brand new show you came in as a replacement so how long was it before so how long was it after your audition in philadelphia where then you ended up was i on the show yeah two weeks two weeks well it was actually one one week one week or two weeks i have to think because what happened was the audition that i had was thursday and they and and Ringling called on Saturday morning and said, 
we had someone just leave and we would like you to join the show. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. At, you know, as a show, goes, that's wonderful. And we would like you to go get on the train tomorrow if you want to. And you can get on the train and ride with us to Oklahoma or somewhere. And I was like, tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, well, that's an option. I said, well, do I have a little bit of time to think about it? And they said, yeah, you can get back to us at the end of the day. Okay. Because <laughs> if I was going, I had to be at the train yard to leave after, you know, the Sunday show. And so all of that, talking with my mother and my father and going to my grandmother's grave and praying with her about what am I doing and did I really want to go? And so all that was, and then going to tell Joe Myers Brown that I was not going to be at Philadelphia, but we had a show in New York. And that was our big thing. Again, just to get to New York and do a show. We were close, Philly, but it was just the trail. And so I had to teach someone my parts. So I stayed at Danko for a week. And I taught someone my parts. And I flew out to the next place after Oklahoma. I think it was Tucson. Okay. But I'm not, I have a schedule. But anyway, that was all crunched up like that. So then when I got there, I had Miss Ant- at Mrs. Cancello, Miss Antoinette Cancello, to myself. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who she was. I mean, I had no, she's, you know, circus queen, you know, of the air. And I was like, later on, you know, being on Ringling and then starting to like study your history. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I had Miss, I had Mrs. Mrs. Antoinette Cancello was my teacher. And so, you know, that, that, that connection there was, was priceless. And it's because I didn't know, but I felt like in hindsight, God knew because he entrusted her with me and, you know, me with her and her with me. And, um, you know, after that, I, I loved, I loved being able to do the web. Um, it was a little bit difficult because in ballet, your feet are turned down and on the web, your feet have to be turned in so you can hold on with your feet. They have to go across the rope. Mm. So um, that's why <laughs> that's why they teach you with a close to the ground with a, um, with a mat underneath you because you go be switching a trick and bloop because the ba- your ballet intuition will come into play. And my feet were turned out like that. She had to keep telling me that, you know, turning a rat wow. and, you know, and look me in the eye and go, that's for safety. It's for safety. You know, you all the other stuff when you're in the arabesque and everything, your foot can be pointed and all of that. But when you're climbing and you have to go up and descend and switch doing tricks, you got to put your feet in. Mm. So, so that that was being a showgirl. And then I was there and then Cliff Vargas saw me and invited me to come and be a, a, a Varget. And I didn't know anything about that either. I mean, I was just getting my 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 heels into and my feet into the sawdust on Ringling. And right. someone else saw me and said, come on over here. And then that, when I went over there, 
then that's when, who knows if what would have happened on Ringling. But I didn't stay there long enough because, you know, you're only as good as your next job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I went to Vargas and I was there for four years. And here comes, you got to ride, you ride an elephants. We got to, would you like to do a dog act? I was like, I don't know. They're like, well, we have two, we have two rings of dogs. No, one ring of dogs. And we want to, um, we want to expand it for three rings of dogs. And if you want to, if you want to learn, we have somebody that'll teach you and then you can have a ring of dogs. Okay. Well, then that came with taking care of dogs. Like, you know, you got kids and stuff now. So now I got 10 dogs. I have to get up and feed and uh, somebody goes shopping for their food and all that, but I got to go up and walk them and all of that, groom them. And I was like, what did I say yes to this for? You ever been in a magic act? Okay. You never been in a magic act. So you're going to get in the box they put in there and Dale Longmire is going to be your, your presenter. And so Dale and I, I knew Dale from, from Ringling. So now I'm doing a magic act where I get in the box and I get, you know, knives put in me and stuff like that and you come out and go ta-da I did stuff on Vargas for four years that never had crossed my mind that I would mm. ever be doing so I had this resume of all of that all of that and then um I left Vargas and I came home and I had a little bit of a break and then I went to Big Apple and I got hired there in concessions. Interesting. Because Paul, Paul Binder didn't know me from a can of paint. So I'm selling snow cones. I'm selling programs. I'm selling, you know. <laughs> and I tell you, it's the divine intervention. Jimmy and Tisha were married. They were they were pregnant. Tisha was doing an aerial act. And um, the person that was supposed to cover her from the company um, said, I'm I not, she didn't even say she couldn't do it. She was just afraid. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to do it. So Tisha marches me in to Paul and says, Vanessa's here and she can cover me. And Paul's like, just the snow cone girl. <laughs> Cause, Cause that's all he ever saw. He saw me selling snow cones and probably didn't even know what my name was. Right. I'm at Lincoln Center selling stuff. So anyhow, the snow cone girl would say, yeah. So my first intro into Big Apple Circus was covering Tisha. Um, and she wore a blue co blue costume and she flew um, as like a butterfly by her neck in this one piece. And I covered her for that. And I would be leaving concessions and running to get changed and put my costume on. But the funniest thing sometimes, Jonathan, was that I was so behind schedule that I couldn't get my gloves on, but my hands were blue from the snow cone juice. <laughs> <laughs> Our audience could tell I didn't have gloves on because my hands were blue the same color of the costume. I can imagine oh somebody's gosh. looking at you going up there, I just buy a snow cone from her. <laughs> and I had that happen once. I had that happen once because then I got in the show and um, we had a show that was called Arabian Nights and I was belly dancing on an elephant at the beginning. And then I did the spin up to the top and spin down and landed on anime and we did this little piece there and that was the opening. Okay, so that was 
my more of my intro, getting into Big Apple Circus and doing company stuff. And then it was, try this. Vanessa, have you ever walked stilts? Nope. Would you like to learn how to walk stilts? Oh, okay, I'll try that. Uh, have you ever done marionette work? Nope. Well, we're doing this marionette thing where you have to do the marionette and you have to walk stilts. You want to learn how to do marionettes? Sure. Okay, we got a can-can number and then we got a this and double dutch. I know you jumped double dutch, but we have this idea for the clowns and you to do double dutch with the Cease Me Sweat Show. And can you teach them how to jump double dutch? And, you know, but I need you to hula hoop in the in the double dutch while you're doing that. Okay, let me try that. So I did that. Then I did a hula hoop piece in the show. Then I learned how to throw knives with John Lepiars. Wow. And we auditioned that and they were like, I don't think our liability insurance will let us do that. So <laughs> John and I started doing Renaissance fairs together on our off time from Big Apple Circus. So I was throwing knives at John in Sarasota. <laughs> for a Renaissance fair. You have to indulge me because you know what I'm going to ask you about. You know, okay. I mean, is is your history making turn as the first female and first African-American ringmaster of Big Apple Circus. Like, how does that just happen? Now, here it is again. Here's this journey. You had you had it all worked out. You're supposed to be this world class dancer. You are. You're working it out. You trip up, end up venturing into the circus, which was supposed to be about a year, right? It was going to be a right. year. It was a year. Yeah, you were going to take Maybe. that break. Your mother said, oh, she just needs a break. She'd be working hard. Let her get it out of the system. Yeah, I'm going to do this for a year. But sawdust gets in your veins and we know what happens. So you do that. And before you know it, you're you're in the, you're in the midst of a full blown career. I was in shock that Paul asked me to announce the show. I. I but how did that just happen? Like, I mean, you, you, I mean, what he just came up to you and just out of nowhere just was like, well, apparently conversation was in the background of Big Apple Circus kind of expanding its territory. And um, the face of Big Apple Circus was Paul. Um, and if we were trying to go into um, a new uh, location, a new um, state, you know, um, that it would behoove Big Apple Circus to be able to send Paul as advance, to be able to talk to the community, the board and all my understanding was the board and all had been talking about this for a while. And that, that Paul was going to take off from being um, the ringmaster, but that he was going to need that time. And sometimes it was going to be day, daytime um, shows, the, the kids matinees, and it, it would be an advance, but sometimes it would occur when we were in those, in those cities that he might have to go to a, a city council meeting or he might have to have a speaking engagement and all. And he couldn't be two places at once. So who were we going to ask to do that? Be his, step into his shoes for, a, 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 I didn't know how long. It became that it was that season, but 
I got to do some, I got to do some shows. I did some shows at Lincoln Center. And that was like goosebumps, you know? That was all of the things that I couldn't have ever imagined that I would do in my life as a performer. Right. And when I walked out into the ring at Lincoln Center to invite the audience to enjoy the show, I I I don't know. I it was it was more charming than anything else that I could have imagined in my life that far. I never I never knew that I was going to be asked, but that I had the option of saying yes or no, but always at Big Apple, I had all those opportunities and I would say, okay, I'll try it. From Mrs. Cancelo, Miss Antoinette Cancelo, I'll try that. I'll try that. To all the way up to being a ringmaster. And it, and I kept saying, I know this to me, it was a big deal for me for my journey to be in that ring. But after kind of after I did it, that's when the processing was because then history, I started looking and I went, am I the only one? I can't be the only one. Am I the only one? <laughs> I, so far, am I the only one? I know I'm announcing. I'm not singing. I'm not dancing. I'm not, you know, on Broadway and stuff. But am I that person? And I am. You know, every time I look, I follow you on social media and I see you having a blast with your uh, your wonderful sorority sister. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority oh, wow. Incorporated, <laughs> founded in 1908. We are celebrating our 114th anniversary. That is so wonderful. This year. And um, I, I ended up becoming a member when I was an undergraduate at Temple University. Okay. And um, I will be celebrating March the 1st, my 47th anniversary of being part of the organization. So it's a big milestone when you get to be 50 years. There's a milestone at 25, but 50 is a large one. That's you amazing. become golden. Get the all, all See, I wanted to touch on that. I wanted to bring that up on purpose because you know, um, I'm, I'm big on relationships. I'm big on how, you know, it, it just makes the world go round. And you've really experienced that in a very full way. I mean, there's circus, that's its own fraternity in and of itself, where you're a part of a family that is broad reaching, um, multicultural, multi-generational, Mm -hmm. And it's constantly spreading its legacy. And you're also a part of this great uh, organization, uh, oh. sorority that you're in, you know, I was, where, you know, I, I, I can imagine when you're at uh, Circadium, is that one of the major things you all emphasize to the students? Hey, you know, get your relationships in order. Yeah, there's something about community. I was going to say, I had the privilege, you know, to just add a little bit. I had the privilege of attending um, an all-girls academic high school, public high school in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia High School for Girls. And there's a plethora of women um, that came from 
the Philadelphia High School for Girls. So I say that that was imprinted on me and I didn't know it at the time, but those communities, you know, that you find yourself in and those relationships that, you know, that you are, are within those, um, whether you, whether you're acknowledging it or not, they, they come back to you and, or they never leave you and they're good for you. So my whole, that whole kind of transitioning and being a member of, um, of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated um, really played into my life in the circus. Because when I was traveling on like a Toby Tyler show, where we were moving almost daily, either every other day, and if we were somewhere for three days, that was like a vacation. You know, we were able to find somewhere, do your laundry, get your hair done, um, you know, just things that make you feel, in quotation, normal, and things that everybody is has to do. But if I had on a shirt, my AKA shirt, or it didn't even have to be, say AKA, it would be pink and green. If I was in the supermarket shopping, I would have a sorority sister, a sorority. I, I'm in, a, in some town. I don't know anybody. I'm just there performing with Toby Tyler. It, it happened on Vargas as well. Somebody would come up to me and go, are you AKA? And I would say, yes, I am. And they said, well, where, where, you know, what's your chapter and where are you from and stuff? And then that person became my best friend the entire time I was there. Do you feel like you are indeed a trailblazer? Like, I mean, of course, that wasn't your intention going in. You were just going to go and have an experience. But obviously, you were conscious, conscientious enough to open your eyes. You can see, okay, where you're the only one. And I can imagine at some point, some little girl out there, some little boy out there, or some adult out there who looked like you happened to come to one of those circuses, whether it was Ringling Brothers, whether it was Circus Vargas, whether it was Big Apple, to actually see you, whether you were in your showgirl mode or on the web or doing your magic act or being the ringmaster of Big Apple and what, how that resonated for them. Did you ever have those encounters during your career? I will tell you one of the most endearing interactions that I had was maybe a couple years ago, two, three years ago. Um, when I was on Ringling and then after that went right to Vargas and Vargas was playing in California. So I spent a lot of time in California. There was a, a woman who came to visit and her daughter was um, Rain Pryor, Richard Pryor's daughter. They had had a child together. And they had would come and visit the show. The mom was had been was a comedian, had been doing some, you know, also comedic work as a clown. And she was an actress and she had been doing, you know, bit parts. And but she found she found a lot of comfort um, and found it very comfortable to come visit Vargas and bring her daughter, who was just wonderful, a little precocious, you know, girl. And um so fast forward to 40 years, within 40 years, I see that Rain is going to be performing in Philly. So I buy a ticket and I go see her. 
And afterwards, um, she said to me, I don't think you know how much of an impression you had on me at Vargas. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, I would tell my mom that I, you know, we would go to the show and I just saw myself in you. Jonathan, I had no idea. No, no idea. And and maybe because that was something that I I wasn't doing because I had to. It was just me. It was just me doing what I love to do. And that was giving the circus as much of my life at that time. And, um, and that she said that to me, to your point, that's when I, that's when, what, 10 years ago now, maybe, maybe less than that, that I first went, oh my goodness, maybe there are others that oh, she's not an anomaly. She's touched not in an the anomaly. same way yeah. that they saw me and went, I'm going to try that. Well, maybe I'm going to, um, you know, maybe it wasn't the circus. Maybe it was some other type of, of positioning that they wanted. And they didn't think that they were going to be able to do it because they looked a different way or they sounded a different way or they were too short or they were too tall or they were all of those things. I'm always, I'm always amazed when somebody says to me, that's, that's black, that's African-American. When they say to me, I never knew anybody black in the circus. Oh, now I know you. Well, considering the depth and breadth of your magnificent career, and now that you're really ensconced in giving back at a circadium. What is your, what does circus mean to you? And what do you envision for the future of circus? Oh, well, I think of course there's the legacy and longevity of the circus. I I really truly believe that it's going to continue. Um, there are a lot of families that um, are totally invested in being um, in the circus, producing circus in a traditional sense under, under a big top. Um, circus Vargas is that now. Omnium. That's, that's right, right. Omnium Circus. Yeah. Omnium Circus, um, which uh, my understanding is the mission is for um, circus for all people that, um, in the sense that there are, there are some that are, that are traditional. And then there are others that may or may not be. Yeah. Um, multi-abled, uh, artists. Multi-abled. Yeah. Yes. So that you're working on that. So that's, you know, I think that's all, a, all a big plus because we have to recognize everyone. Um, one of, one of the other programs that I'm involved with or have been involved with is a group called uh, Seesaw. It's C-S-A-W. And I know um, them. They're wonderful. Very happy to, to also be a part of, of uh, them and, um, and to be able to contribute these days for grant money to enable circus performers that are either just learning 
or some that have been um, performing for a while that may be struggling a little bit, especially during uh, COVID, as well as artistry of color. And so to be able to be an active participant in that, um, I think we are finally starting to um, walk the walk that we talk. You are a circus treasure. You're an American treasure. You're an icon. You, it, you know, I even brought my special hat for you. You know, I don't wear it for everybody. Oh, I, I wear it for you. I, this was made for me by the one and only Gina Cristiani. She's wow. a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful artist in her own right. And of course, yeah. one of the top designers we have in, in our business. But she made this hat and I have to wear it in honor of you. You know, I'm a fan. You know, I love you. Yes. You are Vanessa Thomas from Showgirl to Ringmaster and everything in between. Yes. I'm so honored yes. that you came to be with little old me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Vanessa Thomas. The Circus Voices 2022 spring season is a co-production between Circus Talk and In Center Ring. Join Circus Talk today and find the talent or the job you've been looking for on the Circus Industries International Casting Marketplace. We have a special offer for Circus Voices listeners. Receive 15% off your annual membership by using the code Circus Voices 2022. Our podcast design was created by Emily Holt and music composed by Book Kinnison. You can follow the Circus Voices podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. This episode is also available on CircusTalk.com and the YouTube channel Big Top Voice. <laughs>